Side Hustle Show 333, the raw truth about blogging, how one side hustler's dogs helped her build a significant online income stream. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because where there's an itch, there's a niche. Excited to dive into this one and introduce you to Kimberly Gautier from keepthetailwagging.com. It's a dog blog she's been running since 2011, but things really started to take off when she narrowed her focus to raw feeding for dogs, which is basically the paleo diet for dogs, attempting to mimic their ancestral diet. I met Kimberly at a Side Hustle Nation meetup in Washington a few months ago and was impressed with her persistence, her story, and really the community she's built around this topic. Stick around to hear how she arrived at this niche, what drives content and marketing today, and how the business makes money all on the side from her day job. Notes and links for this one, along with the full text summary of our conversation, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Kimberly. Now, if you're a freelancer, a consultant, or a service provider, you know that arriving at a niche is only part of the battle. After that, you need a reliable and professional way to get paid. And for that, I want to invite you to join me and the 24 million other people who are using our sponsor, FreshBooks.com, to simplify their bookkeeping, invoicing, and accounting. The award-winning software is super simple. It's intuitive. I've been a customer for years. Side Hustle Show listeners can join me. Try it free for 30 days. No catch, no credit card required. Go to FreshBooks.com slash Side Hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this call with Kimberly after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. I get questions about blogging all the time and people get frustrated because they see what I'm doing and they think that they can just do the same thing as if I just one day, a couple months ago, woke up and said, I'm going to start a blog. And then today it's this huge blog. And it's like, no, it's been years of me making mistakes. And even though I can warn people, and tell them, oh, don't do that, do this, they still have to make all the mistakes and then figure out what's going to work for them. Yeah, you're looking at an overnight success, eight, nine years in the making here. Exactly. And we should add, you're a couple hundred thousand page views a month. There's a ton of people out there interested in this stuff. Yeah, I was really excited. And last year I had over 2 million. So that was exciting. Yeah. That's very cool. Congrats. Okay, so you're doing the blogging thing, writing about random blog topics, you know, ranting about the ASPCA, trying to figure out how to make money from the site. What happens next? Well, what's funny is that I joined a pet blogging organization and they started helping us monetize. So they started finding the brands for us. We would do what they told us to do and we would get a check at the end of the month. And I basically took every single opportunity that came my way. And since I had one of the bigger blogs that had the most traffic and it wasn't huge at all, I always got chosen for campaigns. So I was writing about everything under the sun. It didn't matter. I wrote about milk bone. And for people, if you feed milk bone to your dog, please stop. But it's really a bad dog treat and it's horrible for dogs and it gave my dogs gas. But I still wrote about it because they gave me money. And then one day someone compared my blog to an avatorial, like when you read magazines and you you realize an article isn't an article, is actually just an advertisement to look like an article. And that stung. And I appreciated the feedback, but it sucked. So 
I had to stop doing that because I mean, I just, I wasn't really going anywhere and I wasn't making so much money. I was making like 500 bucks a month and I was not going to be able to quit my job on 500 bucks a month. So I stopped around the same time. My dog had been sick pretty much from puppyhood till three years old and not in the hospital sick, but just he wasn't healthy and he was in and out of the vet. And I was doing my own research for that. I wasn't really writing about it, but just trying to figure out what's going on with him. And his veterinarian at the time was like, oh, this is just how dogs are. And I started hearing from people who were feeding their dogs raw, or we had a neighbor down the road that cooked his dog's food. And I started looking into that and how can we do this? And around the same time, I started writing more health posts. And so I met with this really wonderful veterinarian out in the Midwest and I contacted her and asked her, so I keep hearing about this raw feeding and I want to do a series can you help me understand what it is? And she did. And we did a series together. And at the time, what's funny is that in my world, in the raw feeding community, she's actually quite famous. But as just a pet parent, I didn't know who she was. She was just this nice lady that gave me her time. And I'm so lucky that I met her. But Rodrigo, he was just on round after round of antibiotics. And a week after his like third round, he developed this horrible rash again. And I finally was just like, I'm done with this. I'm putting them on raw. And my boyfriend wasn't a fan, but I was like, no, we have to do this. And within two weeks, my dogs, most of his health issues that he'd been living with for years were gone. And I decided I'm going to just write about this because I couldn't really find anything about raw feeding. So I thought that if I'm having trouble learning how to do this, maybe I can create a safe space for other people to ask questions and we can learn about this together. Online, there's this organization, I don't know if it's an organization, but a site called Blogging from A to Z. And every April, they do a challenge and you blog Monday through Saturday, I think, each week. And every day is a letter of the alphabet. So I decided I would do raw feeding from A to Z. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do this every year and every year I'm going to update everyone with how I'm doing. So that's what I did for April. And I thought this is a great way to let Google know, hey, I'm putting a bunch of raw feeding stuff out here. This is what I write about now. And it was a hit. A year after I did that, my traffic had gone up by over 500%. And although there were other sites that talked about raw feeding, there were very few, and there still are very few, that are exclusively about raw feeding compared to like dog training or just regular pet blogging. And we're still just very, very tiny, tiny pond. Yeah, well, it's interesting to hear that, okay, started out as a general pet blog, general dog blog, and interestingly found some revenue in that space through these pet blogging organization sourced sponsorship deals. But it was in niching down that really exploded the traffic numbers. What is bringing the cash register for you after this big spike in traffic and niching down the site? Actually, nothing originally. Because I still didn't really know how to monetize my site. All of a sudden, when I when I switched to writing about raw feeding exclusively, no one wanted to work with me because I was part of a blogging organization that was funded by kibble companies. So I couldn't write about kibble anymore. And a lot of them didn't really want to work with me either. So they had an advertising network as well. And they did some changes to the algorithm. So I went from making a few hundred dollars a month to making $50 a month. 
And I had their ads all over my site. So I was just like, I'm not going to give you all this real estate for $50 a month. So I took everything down and I just decided to just write about raw feeding. And then one day someone was talking about just going back and cleaning up old blog posts and then seeing where you can monetize them. So I went to an old blog post. I went to Google Analytics and I was just sort of like, I am going to learn Google Analytics. And I just started focusing on my top trafficked post. And one of them was five alternatives to raw high chews that I just kind of threw on there one day because it's like, I need to get a post out today. And it was like getting crazy traffic. So I went over to it. I cleaned it up. I did what SEO that I knew at the time. And then I monetized it. And within two months later, I think I got a check for $50 from that post. With like Amazon links? No, it was an affiliate company. And they sent me money because people started buying chews from this one company. And then like a couple months later, I went from making 50 bucks a month to 100 bucks a month and then 150 bucks a month. And it was this one post. So I started going back to all of the posts on that list and seeing where there are opportunities for me to monetize these blog posts. And it also changed the way I, I looked at writing and how I shaped my post. So I don't write to make money. I still write to help people. But with in mind, where can I add an affiliate link and where can I help people? And I was always worried that people, you know, after that feedback that I got that my blog was like an advertorial, I was always worried about coming across as too money focused. But I was astounded that my followers at the time and still today were completely supportive of me earning an income because they were like, well, this, you're giving all your time. Of course you should be able to, you know, if I can buy something and you get a commission, then I want to do that. And I started having readers contact me to say, Hey, is there a specific link that I can use to buy something? So you get the credit and that's helped me get over my fear. So I really started monetizing with affiliate marketing from there. I just started watching YouTube videos and reading eBooks and trying to understand as much about affiliate marketing and how to do that as well as how to improve my SEO as possible. Yeah. Especially if you're already linking to these companies to swap that out for an affiliate link seems like a no brainer. Yeah really eye-opening that, wow, this is how you monetize a blog. And so now what I do is I focus on, like I only join affiliate programs for products that I give to my dogs. I get requests to join affiliate programs on a daily basis and I will only do it because that way when someone asks me a question about a product, I can actually answer it from my own personal experience. And it helps to solidify my position as an authority on this topic. Once a year, I write a post about these are the supplements my dogs get now. And I explain why I give them. And I have it's littered with affiliate links. And so people can go and buy those supplements. And I'm also now doing YouTube videos. So I have affiliate links in the description of those videos as well. So it's funny that today it makes perfect sense that I would do this. I find it funny that it took a while for me to put together the fact that I could be adding affiliate links within my blog posts and that I wasn't doing this all along. Yeah, it goes to show this articles as annuities concept that Matt Giovanisi shared on the show last year, where it's like that article, that real estate that's going to show up for on the top of Google for months and months or years at a time is an annuity that's going to pay you in the form of these affiliate commissions if you've done it right and you've built trust with your audience and stuff like that. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time 
and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, so you mentioned updating the supplement post every year, the YouTube content. What else is driving the content creation? So imagine five years deep into this, have you said everything there is to say about this topic? Yeah, my mother-in-law, she asked that. When I wrote a book in 2017, and she was just sort of like, Johan, is there anything more that she can say about feeding her dogs? And he was like, apparently, because she's writing a book about it, and people are buying it. You know, I position myself as not like, you know, I'm not an expert in raw feeding. I'm a pet parent who had a sick dog and I found that raw helped my dog. And so I've positioned myself as a person who's learning and I'm learning along with my audience. I also have people constantly asking me questions and I write, I have a little spiral and I write down people's questions every time I get a question. And those turn into blog posts every Wednesday on YouTube. I do random question Wednesday where I answer someone's question and then I invite my audience to leave comments with their experience with the question too. So it's more of a community discussion rather than just me lecturing about something. Okay. Is the community just in the YouTube comments or is there a separate forum or Facebook group? It's just in the YouTube comments. Yeah. The user questions are an endless goldmine of, of uh, content to create. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's funny because a lot of times people who want to be bloggers, they're like, I just don't know what I would write about. And, this, and I don't know if it's me or everyone, but I can't imagine not having something to write about. Because even if I don't have anything to write about, for instance, like nothing happened today, I can go back and find a super old post and redo that and republish it. Like right now, every Monday, I'm taking the first raw feeding from A to Z post that I did that started all of this, and I'm republishing all of those every Monday. 
And so I've been doing that for a couple months because instead of doing it over 26 days, I'm doing it every Monday. So 26 weeks. And it's fantastic just seeing how much has changed from 2014 to 2019. Would you consider putting, I mean, that doesn't give you a post every week, but raw feeding A to Z in this one monster epic 5,000 word post? I actually did do that, but it's in a book, Novice's Guide to Raw Feeding for Dogs. I took my, in 2017 in that April, that's how I got the content for the book was that April I did raw feeding from A to Z, downloaded it all into a Word document, and then just added the pieces that I needed to add to make it into a book and then published it. This is a self-published deal through Amazon? Yes. Has that been a big piece of the revenue pie or is it just kind of like, hey, this stuff is available for free on the site, but if you want it all in one handy handy spot, go check out the book. I'm surprised at how much it still makes each month. I didn't, I thought that I would do really well on it for a couple months and then it would just trickle down to like 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there. But I still make at least $500 a month on my book sales. That's awesome. Do you think that traffic is coming from the site and then heading over to Amazon or people discovering it from searching on Amazon? I think it's people discovering it by searching on Amazon and I invested in Amazon advertising. So you can spend maybe five to 15 bucks on Amazon advertising and I just have it just going every month and I probably spend between five or 15 bucks a month and you can sell, you'll get $200 in sales. Well, you're doing it better than me. My, I've seen some diminishing returns on my AMS ads, but... That's awesome. Yeah. It's not a lot of competition out there. And I made a point of when I started doing the book, when I started putting it together, I documented my process on Facebook and Instagram for six months so that by the time the book was published, everyone was ready to buy it. And then I had already had fostered this really great audience of loyal supporters when I wrote my first book. So it was really easy to keep it going. And so people are still recommending it to people now. And it's really an intro book. So a lot of people who are like, well, I want to learn more about raw feeding. And people will say, you know, go check out Kimberly's book. And yeah, people really like it. And I'm so grateful. We've become a really authoritative voice in this space, even though, you know, the disclaimer is like, look, I'm not a vet, but here's, here's the deal. Here's what happened. Yeah. Okay. So there's the book. There's the affiliate stuff. Is there still display ads on the site? Yes, I joined Mediavine in April of last year and started doing ads. I wasn't going to do it because I was just like, oh, I hate sites with tons of ads. And I have a really good friend who's also a local blogger and she was doing it and she was just like, no, (laughs) I can't remember how much she made, but she was just like, I don't have near the traffic you have and this is how much I make a month. And I was just like, what? So I went ahead and put ads on my site and I think the First, the first month I only made about $3,500. Only? Oh my gosh. <laughs> only made. Yeah, only made, <laughs> uh, you know, $3,500 or whatever. Again, that's one of those moments where you're like, oh, why didn't I do this years ago? <laughs> I know. And it was like, and it was a partial month because I started, I think, mid-month. And you basically, they do everything for you and you let it sit for, I think, 60 or 90 days until they get everything optimized perfectly. And then you can adjust to how you want it. So yeah, I make anywhere between four and $5,000 a month with display ads. There are some months where I get about $6,000. You know, like December was a good month for me. November, December was a good month for me. That's allowed me to pay off all the money that I incurred 
trying to build this blog over the years and put money into savings. If I wanted to, if benefits weren't an issue, I would be able to leave my job today. But benefits is just, they're just too expensive. Yeah, that's always the um, the wildcard expense, at least for listeners in the States. I was going to ask if this was going to be a, a full-time thing. It sounds like you're doing very well with it. I was curious, you know, what's keeping you at the day job, but that makes sense. Do you still do any sponsored posts or anything like that? I do, but I'm fortunate enough at this point where I can be super, super picky about who I work with. And I love that. I get requests daily and I turn down most of them. I usually only work with, of course, people that I know and that I buy their products already. It's funny because years ago, people said that if you do stuff for free, no one's ever going to want to pay you. And I think that's the case if you don't ever grow. But I found that the people that I did things for free, you know, in the beginning when I first started writing about raw feeding, are happy to cut a check to me today because they've seen what I can do. I just wrapped up a sponsorship with a brand and was happy to get a message from the owner about how happy she was with the sponsorship and how it went. And I charge a lot today. And she wants to do another six months. And so it's like, wow, yay, finally, this is happening now. And it, and I think it just has to do with the fact that I have the larger audience. I'm utilizing different venues. So it's not just my blog. It's not just Facebook. But I utilize Instagram. I utilize YouTube. I do Facebook Lives. I do a lot of different things that can benefit a brand. And um, I even throw in Facebook advertising into things. I have... National Raw Feeding Week, which is, I don't know if you call it a holiday, but... It's a holiday in your niche. Yeah, it is. I created it last year. Oh, you made it up? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was looking at a pet holiday calendar and I was just like looking at all these different days and I was using it to create my editorial calendar for the year. And I was like, there should be a, a raw feeding day or a fresh food day or something. And I was like, I should just make a day. And then as I was looking at the calendar to find where I would put my day, I was just like, no, I should make a week because that's how awesome I am. And so I made a week and I decided to do it the first week of April because April is when I started writing about raw feeding. And also there just didn't seem to be a whole heck of a lot happening in April that would conflict with me. And what I did last year, which is what I'm doing this year, is I interviewed a lot of the leaders in the community and created a question like, you know, I have the interview. And then at the end of the interview, I asked everyone the exact same question. And I edited and published those probably three or four videos a day during that week. And I did that to sort of start building up my YouTube and to teach myself how to use iMovie, which was not easy. When you're running the Facebook ads, what's the goal of the ad? Awareness. Okay. So just driving clicks back to the site. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not so much trying to sell anything. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. That was Sydney. <laughs> but I'm not trying to sell things. I'm just trying to raise awareness of Kimberly and keep the tail wagging, especially because more people are coming into the space. So I don't want to become comfortable and think that, oh, I'm fine. I'm set. If you don't continue innovating and putting yourself out there and promoting yourself, it's easy in this fast social media world for people to forget that you're there. Yeah, it's so true. So gotta stay on top of this. I love the National Raw Feeding Week. I'm totally doing National Side Hustle Week. I think that's- You do, you should. I mean, and it was, it's funny because there's so many cool things you can do. The coolest thing last year was that 
I just like searched for the hashtag on Instagram last year. And there were stores around the country that were doing National Raw Feeding Week specials. I was like, oh my gosh, it's picking up. And someone was like, you need to go and do a Wikipedia page because someone's going to steal it and say that they created it. And it's like, I don't care about stuff like that. I mean, I don't need a, a Wikipedia page. Plus, I looked into creating a Wikipedia page and it's hard. That could be a good backlink though, <laughs> even if it's no follow. I know, I do. It's like, if I can find someone that'll do it for me, then I will totally do it. But I don't know how to do it. Fair enough, fair enough. When you're creating new content, is there a keyword research process that goes into it? Or is there more at this point is reacting to reader questions and viewer questions? It's the latter. I know that a lot of other people will do keyword research. And I think that that's awesome. It's just, it's not how my brain works. So what I do is I will write the content and then I'll go through and think about who needs to read this and then make sure that I put in the keywords that I need. And so like, for instance, if I'm writing about fish oil, then I'm going to be writing about fish oil and then salmon oil and omega-3 fatty acids for dogs and do those things. What I'm mostly interested in with my blogging is the title, is to select a title that's going to make people want to click and make people see it when they do a search result and say, oh, that's the one that's for me, and then stick around. Yeah, it's got to be keyword optimized enough to get to that first page, and then the compelling title will hopefully let somebody click on yours instead of everybody else's. Is Google the main traffic driver or YouTube, Pinterest? I'm curious like where, what the pie chart looks like for you today. Mostly organic traffic on Google, which is why I started doing the advertising. It's because to monetize that and also building my, it's like when I started working with a marketing consultant and he saw my traffic and because I was just like, I want to really do some Facebook ads. And that was what my focus was. And he looked at my site and he was like, nope. We are going to monetize that organic traffic. And so that's why I have, you know, I now work with lead pages, which is something that I always thought that's what the big boys play with. And that's not for me. And I'm, that's too hard. It's super easy to do. I was able to set up several mailing lists and with freebies and stuff in a weekend. And so I have those directed towards people. And I start and stop. I have a main mailing list, but then I start and stop other ones based on things that are going on. Like, for instance, Maybe in about September, I'll start building a secondary mailing list for Black Friday and start promoting to them for Black Friday specials. And right now I have one for National Raw Feeding Week. So people are signing up for National Raw Feeding Week so they can be the first to be notified when videos are going to be published and any other news. And then I have my main mailing list, which is basically just information that I'm sharing about how I'm feeding my dog. So the successes, the fails, any new products that I discover. Is that typically what you'll send out? Just like the weekly recipe, the weekly update? Yeah. What's the email service provider that you use? Aweber. I love them. I love them because their customer service is amazing. I started with MailChimp and I think MailChimp is great, but as your list gets bigger, it becomes more expensive. And what I love about Aweber is that I can call them and say, okay, this is what I need. I need a draft that says this, and I need one that looks like this, and I need help with this, and they will do it. Yeah, almost a software with a service on that side. Yeah, Aweber's support was was awesome. I was a customer for years and years, so I'm happy to hear that they're still doing well for you. Do you have an estimate of your time commitment in addition to the full-time job in running the site these days? I don't know. One time I added it up and I was working about 30 hours a week on my blog. 
I don't work that much anymore because I don't, I used to publish six days a week and I would do full on, not like little wimpy 200 word posts. I would do full on seven, 800 word posts, six days a week. And I did that for years and I was worried about getting burnt out. And I was also not spending any time on YouTube, on a mailing list, on anything. So I'm just, I'm just throwing out free content six days a week and not really getting anything back from it. So I've reduced that down to, I post Mondays are, this is, you know, fluid, but in my head, Monday is a day where I take an old post and make it new again. Thursdays is usually new content. Fridays is recipe content. And I don't really post any other time. Sometimes if something comes up, I'll throw it out there. But mostly I stick to three, maybe four days a week, but usually three days a week. And that makes it so much easier. Yeah, you got to love writing to have put in the hustle to do it six days a week for for years. But in doing so, you know, the 80-20 or the 20% of content that hits rises to the top. And that gives you the data in analytics to say, well, I better go in and monetize that. And it just, you learn what people are searching for and, you know, how are they going to discover you? And and then as you go through and clean stuff up, you can republish it. It's an impressive library of content and appreciate you sharing the the work that went into it. It's like, hey, I'm making all this money from ads and affiliates and the book. And it's like, there were years <laughs> building it to this point. Yes. Years. This is basically the first year that I'm making significant money. In the past, it's just sort of like something here and there, not every month. It was just sort of spending money. But this is the first, you know, except for Amazon. Amazon has always been a really good revenue source for me. So what's next for you? Is there there a point where you see this becoming a full-time thing? I mean, obviously benefits are an equation with work, but if you're making a certain amount, it's like, well, you just buy your own insurance. Yeah, I want to, my my goal right now is to just continue doing what I'm doing and have a really great team and have a set process. The money that I'm making now, which hasn't been quite a year yet, I want it to give it some time to see how it ebbs and flows so that I can know, okay, well, this is going to be a light month. Like I think it's August is a light month for me. So I know that, okay, I need to make up the difference in other ways and I can plan that a little bit better. But I also, I want to save money. So it's like I want to have a really good cushion before I think about leaving my day job. So right now I'm working on my second book. I'm actually at the last of the editing process. And then I do an edit and then I send it off to my copywriter and she's going to do an edit. And then it'll hopefully be ready to publish at the end of this month. And then National Rock Eating Week. Well, what's it, what's it called? We'll plug it here. I know we've got dog owners out there. 99 questions novices ask about raw feeding for dogs. It's a long title. Maybe that's a working title. <laughs> okay, well, well, we'll link it up. Hopefully it'll be live by the time we air and we'll check it out. Keepthetailwagging.com is where you can find all of Kimberly's stuff about raw feeding for your little furry friends. And maybe we'll check this out for the side hustle shih tzu as well. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. My number one tip would be be yourself. I think the biggest mistake that I ever made was when I was trying to be like other people. When I just stay focused on what I want to do, the message I want to put out there, and my own goals, everything kind of starts falling into place. I just don't allow myself to get distracted by quote-unquote competition 
you just have to stay stay in your lane and focus on what you're doing and you'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. For creating content online, you know, people follow people. So it makes sense. And, and I can see throughout your site that it's very much Kimberly and your voice and your face. And I think that is obviously connected with a ton of readers. So very cool to hear. Thanks so much for joining me and we'll catch up with you soon. The analytics nerd in me loved Kimberly's approach of going through her top traffic posts and looking for affiliate opportunities. Actually, in doing that myself, following some advice from Michelle Schroeder-Gardner on the show in episode 257, it made a significant impact on the bottom line. Look at the assets you already have, and existing content and traffic definitely count. The good news is there is a virtual stethoscope that can help you manage and keep an eye on your side hustle finances, especially if you're in the service space, and that's our sponsor, FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks is the award-winning cloud-based invoicing and accounting software designed specifically for small business owners, freelancers, and side hustlers. This is the service I rely on when I need to invoice clients or advertisers, and it's guaranteed to keep you way more organized than that proverbial shoebox filled with receipts. I was in a small business accounting focus group earlier this year, another side hustle story, and the moderators were asking everybody about their bookkeeping systems, and I was really surprised to hear that my fellow participants were seriously using the shoebox method. Actually, in their case, it was the drawer method. I just know they're missing deductions. They're paying more tax than they should. How do they know how profitable they are month to month? So moral of the story, don't do that. Get your financial systems in order on both the revenue and expense side of your business with the help of FreshBooks. It's got some helpful tools built in for both of those. Side Hustle Show listeners can try it free for 30 days. There's no catch. There's no credit card required. Visit freshbooks.com slash side hustle and enter the Side Hustle Show in the How Did You Hear About Us section to get started today. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle. One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business and Inside You'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, my top three takeaways from this call with Kimberly. Number one is to answer questions. And you might be saying, if you're just starting out, look, I don't have anybody specifically asking me questions. Here's what you can do. You can check out the YouTube comments for other videos in your niche. You can check out the questions on Amazon product pages. You can check Quora. You can check blog comments. Even if no one is reaching out to you directly for help yet, they might be posting those questions online where you can find them. Create content around those, and I think you're going to start to pick up some traffic. One thing I thought was interesting from Kimberly was that she was starting with the questions, but then making sure to include the relevant keywords in the title of the post. I actually work similarly often in Ahrefs to see the search volume and relative competitiveness. 
for different terms, but it starts with answering those questions. That's takeaway number one. Takeaway number two is to go on the journey with your readers. I think this is something Kimberly's done a really nice job with, letting her personality shine through in her writing and learning along with the people reading that stuff. I think that combination of curiosity plus documentation is a powerful one for creating content and building a following online. It's worked for me. It's worked for Mike Rasika from youngarchitect.com. It's worked for Jack Spierko from the Survival Podcast. Because a blog or podcast or YouTube channel is this weird combination. It's a collection of standalone pieces of content, and that content needs to be able to stand on its own if it's going to rank in search and to make sense for people who land on it. But it's this collection of standalone pieces of content. And then over time, there's this broader personal journey or journal aspect to it. I think loyal followers can see that story arc and is one element that keeps them coming back. So this month marks six years of doing the Side Hustle show, for example, which just seems crazy to me. And I'm in a completely different place in my life now versus when I started. And I think you can hear that slow glacial transition over time. That's takeaway number two. Go on the journey with your readers. And that's a good transition to takeaway number three is that it's going to take time. Like you heard, keep the tail wagging is an overnight success years in the making. There's something to committing to a project for the long haul, to creating a body of work that's broad enough in your niche to start to see which specific efforts are gaining traction and results. I think you can certainly shorten your learning curve by watching what's worked well for other bloggers, other content creators. But with very few exceptions, successful online business owners have put in the reps. It's like the guy or the girl who's at the gym at 5.30 every morning. And then when it comes time to hit the pool in summertime, everybody's like, dang, Yeah, there was some work you didn't see that went into that. It's going to take time. And I admire Kimberly's persistence, the dedication to her niche, and I'm happy to see it paying off for her. Once again, notes and links from this episode, plus the full text summary, are at sidehustlenation.com slash Kimberly. Check it out. Let me know what you think. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show, where I'm diving into how to uncover your unfair advantages and sharing some of mine that definitely gave me a leg up. I'll see you then. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant-quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. 
Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.